Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Saying something sucks is not a take, and it's not. Not a good one. The fact of the matter is, the Yankees do suck. They do, right now. They just do. Has anybody checked on the Yankees of late? Yeah, don't worry, I have. They suck. They've lost 11 of 13. They've lost five straight series for the first time since 2005. That was so long ago that the team had Tino Martinez at first base. Ruben Sierra was getting it back to DH. But back to the present. Back to the ongoing nightmare for the Yankees. Remember when these guys were the best team in baseball. Remember when it wasn't a matter of whether the Yankees would win the World Series, but how easy that trip was going to be. Neither do I, because they are garbage right now. Totally trash. Mm. Look, they've scored nine runs in their last seven Mm. games. Total. Nine runs, seven games, 63 innings. Nine runs. Chalk, this is hurting you a hell of a lot more than it hurts me. It doesn't hurt me at all. What happened to the Bronx Bombers? What happened to all that talk about Aaron Judge making a run at the home run record? Either the real one or the other real one. They have not won a series since July. They have beaten by, been beaten by the Mariners, the Cardinals, the Mariners again, the Red Sox, and now the Rays. And it's not even like they're just losing. They're horrible to watch. It's not even like they're playing fun or interesting baseball. They're not running a winning race and just getting beaten at the line, right? They're barely showing up at all. In fact, they're running DFL of late. They're not even leaving the gate. Here's a quote, and don't we always need and want a quote from Garrett Cole. Here's a quote. Yeah, we need a spark, Um, you know, but it just seems to be tough to come by right now. Um, It's just one of those funks. It's 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 kind of hard to put into words because at the same time, you know, you also want to remember all the work that you did to put yourself in this position, too. So that's pretty funny. Garrett Cole after the Yankees lost four nothing on Monday night. What's funny about that? Garrett Cole is saying that something is kind of hard to put into words. Believe me, if anybody knows anything about something being hard to put into words, it is this guy. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean, there are customs and practices that, have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players Global to this warning. generation of players. And, um, Kirstie Alley, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and, uh, I've Global stood, pretty, warming. stood pretty firm in, in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Um, you, did. you know, and, and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game. And this is uh, it, let me just jump in. Including the players. In the that will team. never get old. That will never, ever get old. That is some goat bleep right there. I should never, ever, ever talk about the Yankees and not play that because that will never get old. 
Anyway, he was talking about how they had no spark or they need a spark. It's, it's kind of hard to put into words because at the same time. Especially you know, for you, brah. But they did not get the spark Monday night because they lost 3-1 last night. No spark, no dub. But at least they did get a run, something they had not had since Saturday. So they've got that going for them, which is nice. No, it's not. It's nothing. Tampa Bay had four hits last night, and they still won. That's because the Yankees could only scratch out four of their own, and they have scored three runs or fewer for seven straight games. So my question is, the hell happened to these guys? How did they go from the alleged best team ever? The alleged best team ever to the Pittsburgh Pirates. More on how much the Pirates suck later on. Not my take, but Dennis Eckersley's. And Eck is not wrong. And yes, Yankee fan, don't come rushing up in here to remind me that Giancarlo Stanton's out. Or that Anthony Rizzo and some of the other guys are banged up. I know that. Here's what else I know. The team is supposed to be bigger than that, deeper than that, better than that. Aaron Judge has one hit since Friday. The bringer of rain has not scored a run since last Monday. He has struck out 11 times in his last 25 plate appearances. Aaron Hicks and Anthony Rizzo have struck out 15 times in their last 39. In other words, not only are these guys not hitting, They're not even making contact. They're barely putting the ball into play. Aaron Judge did his very best to find or to try to find the bright side of this. He said, quote, it's better to have this happen now in August than the first week of playoffs or near the end of the year when you're getting into the playoffs. End of quote. Whatever works for you, big dude. But you know what's even better? Do you know what's even better than it happening now as compared to later in the season? You know what's better? It never happening at all. You know what's better? Never playing this terribly. Yeah, I know. It's a long season. The Yankees still have a nice, comfortable lead in the division. But this is not about them winning the division or making the playoffs. This team was never about that. This team is not built for that. The Yankees are never about just getting to October. They're about winning the whole damn thing. And then on top of that, my favorite part, and again, I've got no dog in this race. I'm not rooting, but I'd be lying if I said that this was not my favorite part because it is. Yankee fans, the last thing you needed was a truckload of salt dumped. Oh, Alvie. Nice job, Alvy. You're back. See, even Alvy has found his stride on my third day back. The last thing Yankee fan was a needed was a truckload of salt dumped into that open wound, but then they got it. Check this out. Here he turns on a ball, hits it to deep right field, and gone. Joey Gallo ambushes the first pitch of the fifth inning. And it's 2-1 on his third Dodger homer. (laughs) That is so awesome. Joseph Nicholas Gallo. Governmented if you need him. Joseph Nicholas Gallo if you need him. And the Yankees sure as hell do. And that's why I'm laughing. Because Joey Gallo is crushing it with the Dodgers. The guy that every last Yankee fan could not wait to run out of New York has three home runs in less than a week. 
How's that grab you, Chalk? He's got three home runs in less than a week. The Yankees have seven home runs as a team since they traded him. Seven as a team. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say the West Coast is the best coast, but I'll bet you Joey Gallo would. Joey Gallo is taking L.A. over New York every damn day of the week. And the thing is, I don't believe in curses. Curses are for quitters. That's quitters talk. It's for bums, bum asses, and losers. But there is nothing more hilarious to me right now than the so-called curse of Joey Gallo. The funniest thing ever would be Yankee fan missing out on a World Series because their team stopped hitting the very second they traded a guy that they hated for not hitting. Man, I almost want to say that again. That's so great and so rich. Now, I'm not saying that Yankee fans should be smashing the panic button right now. What I am saying is this. You better damn well sure know where that panic button is. Because they are playing the Mets on Monday and Tuesday. And they better get right before that. Because if little brother sweeps big brother again, then it is all over. Then you better start jumping up and down on that big red button with both feet. I don't know. Maybe this isn't who they really are. But it better not be. Because right now they do suck. Right now, they're not much better than the Pirates. However, I do want to be that guy that raises everybody up. I want to be that guy that elevates people and makes them feel better. I want to be a glasses half full guy. So let me try and do that at the end of this take to kind of bring this thing fully, full circle and all around. The Yankees do still lead the AL East by a mile. It's not even close. And no, I'm not here to bury them. I am here to say they suck right now. But I am not here to bury them because I don't want my man, Mr. Sandler, to rush up on me and yell in my face again. Man, the Yankees, uh, what do you think about that, Tim? They're dead. They're done. What do you mean? They're dead. dead. It's nine now. Adam Sandler to me on this show back in the day. Fair enough. You know, and he was right. Like, you do this job for as long as I have, and you learn certain things. There are certain absolutes. Most of Major League Baseball would love to have the Yankees' problems. However, that does not mean that Brian Cashman still does not have chocolate-covered donuts around his eyes. And again, not my words but Shawnee's. I hate people who say that Brian Cashman has the hardest job in sports. People think his job is hard because he looks like he has two chocolate-covered donuts around his eyes and because he has this perpetual look on his face like he just saw C.C. Sabathia getting out of the shower. I mean, Cashman's job is more unbearable than having to sit next to Digger Phelps for two hours a night. Reese Davis would probably beg to differ. The Cablin Asian. The Cablin Asian. Friendly ghost. Friendliest ghost you know. What's up, Shawnee? Oh, man, do I ever love this product. The Conair Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1. So let me go ahead and tell you why I love it so much. Number one, it is the most powerful handheld steamer that I've ever seen. 
I'm talking fast and easy wrinkle removal, and I hate wrinkles. An extra large sole plate that can be used vertical or horizontal, and it also works without steam, is a dry iron. How is this possible? Because of advanced heat technology, which is ready almost instantly, and it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. Plus, four different settings for delicate to turbo is perfect for all fabrics. And it kills 99.9% of bacteria, it sanitizes around the house, and it refreshes clothing. Easy to use and great for at home or if you're on the go. To get yours today, go to Amazon, search Conair Turbo Extreme Steam, and look for the steam and iron two-in-one. Great, great product. Kevin Roy. Kevin, it's really good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Kevin, it's great to have you on. Listen, uh, I think your journey is awesome. I really want to get into it, but I want to reiterate, I also am a Big West guy. We all need to stick together. I went to UC Santa Barbara. I want to start right here. What do you remember about those epic battles against the Gauchos, other than the fact that I'm sure we probably used to roll you guys up? <laughs> yeah, no, they were some epic battles for sure. Um, I remember going to the Pyramid in uh, Long Beach and watching the games and, uh, they were uh, they were definitely fun to attend. That's for sure. No, dude. I mean golf. Didn't we roll you guys up in golf? Oh, golf too. Uh, well, I don't know about all that. You guys, maybe my first couple of years, but uh, as uh, my uh, junior and senior year, we got pretty darn good. Um, I think we got up to like thirtieth in the country, and you know, I played a year with Xander Shoffley, uh at Long Beach that no one really knows about. But um, yeah, the first couple of years, you definitely rolled us. But uh, uh, I was going like, to say, I like my junior. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kevin. I was going to jump in. Oh, I know. I know that you and Xander play on the same team. That was really impressive. Hey, maybe I'm being naive, but when you guys came to Santa Barbara, did you guys play Sandpiper, or where did you guys play? Yeah, we played Sandpiper. Uh, unbelievable course. I think It's the cheapest Pebble Beach you can get to. It's, that's actually a great description. That is a really, really nice track. All right, so thanks for uh, playing along with that. It's been a couple of days since it went down, but after years and years of work, how does it feel to have finally finished inside the top 25 on the Corn Ferry Tour, earning that tour card and knowing that you are going to play in the PGA Tour? Lay it out. What's that feel like? Uh, uh, it feels amazing, obviously. It's uh, it's a dream come true. Um, you know, I, uh, I, can't, I really still can't believe it really happened. It uh, It's been a long journey, and uh, I've had an unbelievable support system to help me get to this point, and uh I had a couple interviews uh, yesterday, and I'll say it again: it's it's not just my PGA Tour card. It's you know my my family is my my wife's, and uh, it's uh, it was an incredible journey so far. Kevin Roy joining us. That makes sense to me. Like, so you shoot 73 on Saturday, and then you tee off just before 7 a.m. local time in Nebraska on Sunday. Every single round on Sunday is going to have pressure. That's a given. But how much more is there when you're playing with a tour card on the line? Yeah, um, to be honest with you, I think Saturday I, I, I felt more nerves on the golf course as my score kind of uh, shown. Um, I had a really good practice session Saturday afternoon with my dad and my brother on the range. Um, it kind of gave me uh, a little sense of uh, positivity going into Sunday. Um, Sunday I just told my caddy on the first tee, I go, hey, man, like I just want to go out and hit some good golf shots and, you know, wherever – Whatever happens, happens, um, and that's kind of what happened. I, I played an unbelievable round of golf. Um, it was really cool. 
you know, obviously under the circumstances to, to, to pull off some of the shots and, uh, the bogey on 18, it, it, obviously I didn't want it to happen, and, and thankfully it didn't cost me a tour card, but uh, I've never been so nervous walk, walking up an 18th hole, that's for sure. Kevin Roy joining us. I want to ask about your father, Jim, in just a moment. He did play on the PGA Tour, but the story goes that you were scrolling also through Instagram one day. You found a hat that read, have more fun, in big green letters. You bought the hat, you started to wear the hat. And I'm curious, what made you buy that hat? And in a way, did it start to influence your mindset? What kind of an impact did that hat have on you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the main reason why I did buy it. I um, I got off to a, a decent start in the Bahamas in the beginning of the year, finished tied for fourth, and then kind of just lost my golf game. I, I missed seven of the next eight cuts and uh, was pretty miserable on the course, was, wasn't having any fun. Uh, mentally, was in a dark place and... Uh, I was just sitting in the hotel room one night scrolling through Instagram and this hat popped up and I was like, that's exactly what I need. And it was, uh, I bought it. It was $80 hat. It was, uh, got it, got it like overnighted shipped to me and I've been wearing it ever since. And yeah, I, I, I actually do think it's uh, changed my mindset on the golf course and off the golf course. I mean, I just, you know, at the end of the day, it is golf. Um, if I wasn't playing it, I, I'd be okay. I have a, like I said, an amazing family and everything, but, um, having more fun on the golf course is, uh, is, is amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping it light with my caddy out there and obviously, uh, we got some good results going. You know, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, like how they require minimums and worse yet, how their rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, you want to talk about amazing And now that we've talked about that, let's get back to the daily jungle. You know, the stuff that we talk about here daily. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Kevin Roy joining us. I mean, Kevin, if I were to say to you, if you're going through a dark, dark time and you're having trouble and you're missing cuts, and if I were to say to you, I can change all that for 80 bucks, you would jump at that. But why did that hat cost 80 bucks? (laughs) I'm still trying to figure that out. The company actually just finally reached out to me, and they want to do uh, they want to do some sort of deal or something. But um, I don't know. It's it's one of those uh, hats you just you just toss in the washer, and uh, it it cleans it right up. Uh, I mean, it is a really nice hat. I'm not gonna lie, but at the time I was I didn't know if it was really worth the eighty dollars, but I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> I got you, Kevin Roy, joining us now. Playing golf in the Northeast, where you came up, is not easy because you can't play year-round. In fact, you played basketball in the wintertime, and you said that sometimes you would get bored on the range. So when you were growing up, was playing golf at an elite level something that was on your radar? Was that even the plan? Um, kind of, a little bit. Um, I, yeah, like I, I mean, like you said, I, I definitely played a few sports growing up, basketball, baseball. Baseball and golf were in the same season up there. Um I always kind of had a, a natural ability to play golf, um, but I did have uh, – I, I, I didn't really like the practice part of it. I, I loved playing. Like, I could go out and play, a, you know, 36 holes a day, but for me to sit on the range and just beat balls all the time, I would get really bored. But I think it probably hit me, uh, you know, midway through college when I, when I really saw an improvement from sophomore year to junior year where I was like, you know what, you know, maybe I will give this, this game a shot. Um, you know, especially after talking to my dad about it and everything. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we gave it a shot and 
you know, here we are, what is it, 10, 11 years later, finally hitting the PGA Tour card. Incredible. So, Kevin, you and I have something else in common. I, when I was coming up in radio, I knew this is what I wanted to do, and then I was young, I was naive, I was kind of stupid, I had a bad experience. I actually got out of the business and went into sales, and it went horribly. I went into the family business, my father fired me, I stayed in sales, it went even worse. The story goes that after you had a tough year, you actually did quick golf, and you got into medical sales what was that moment like, and, and were you fully committed to moving on from pro golf at that point? Like, what was your mindset? Yeah, it was, uh, I think this was back in, like, 2015 now. Um, it was a year after I played on the PGA Latin American Tour and just had just an, a year of just horrible golf. It was uh, it was just bad score after bad score, miscut after miscut, and, and I uh, was like, you know what, this, this doesn't look like it's for me, like, you know, uh, Golf's expensive, racking up credit card debt and all this and that. It was it was a it was bad. So my brother uh, my brother was working in medical sales and uh, you know he told me he was like, hey, I could use your help if if you really want to uh, step away from a little bit. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I was basically uh, he was selling a uh, medical device company called Game Ready, and uh, so I was just basically driving around to his patients' uh, houses and either setting up setting them up with the machine after surgery or picking up the machine. Um, was it fun? No, uh, but I was uh, I was making a little bit of money with them, and uh, but at the end of the year, I I kind of had the itch again and, and played in one event um, and played well, finished second in a mini tour event in Tampa, Florida, and uh, you know, and then basically told myself I was like I'm gonna give this one more shot and went back to Q school and and got status on the Corn Ferry and. Here we are. Yeah, I'm not sure what fascinates me more, golf itself or sales. Sales sales is not for everybody, and certainly it depends on the product. I'm curious, what was your territory? Was it regional? Was it local? Where, where exactly did you do that work? Yeah, so I wasn't really the salesman uh, right. per se. I was, I was more just helping my brother out. Um, he was going to the doctor's offices and uh, Closing. You know, trying, to, trying to get convinced the doctors to use his product. Um, but he was basically all of Southwest Florida. Okay. All right. So you mentioned your dad. One of the things you've said that pretty much since day one, your father would tell you value par, value par. What does that mean, and how has that helped you on the course? Yeah, value par. It's just it's a, it's a great thing to think about when you're on the course. Um, par is our friend, uh, and, it, and, it, and it's tough to believe it, especially on the Corn Ferry Tour. You see all these crazy low scores that these guys shoot, and uh, – but still, at the end of the day, I mean, par, it never hurts you. It's good. Um, it really kind of changed my mindset that, like, you know, it, it, he's almost he's like par is your best friend. So um, I kind of stick with it and uh, been riding with it ever since he's told me. Kevin Roy, my guest. Before I let you go, Kevin, again, I never, ever, when I talk to athletes and anybody else, I never want to make it about me because you're here. It's about you. But I want to ask you this. Since you played at Long Beach State, I wonder if you played – my home course. I live in Irvine in Shady Canyon. Have you ever played Shady? I sure have. Yep. We oh. had, uh, I'm pretty sure Irvine hosted an event there. Okay. So even better. The point of the story is this. When we bought our property, I did not play golf. So I got into my late 20s, early 30s, never really picked up a club, wanted to learn. It was my mission in life. I moved to Shady. When I bought the land, they said, you know, you got you to buy the land. I said, I need to know if I'm in the club. And sales said, one thing has nothing to do with the other. I said, one thing has everything to do with the other. I'm not going to buy the land if I'm not in the club. And so we worked it out. Kevin, I was a member. 
member of the club 20 years and never played a single round before I finally gave in and said, you know what, it's just not going to happen. How much do you think they loved me as somebody who paid dues and never once showed up and picked up a single bat? Oh, you're their favorite member for sure. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and the dumbest guy ever, ever. But tell me, it's a really nice track, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the better ones we played for sure. Yeah, well, I can tell you it's got a nice weight room. I, I know that, but I wouldn't know anything about the golf course. Kevin, listen, really, really good to have you on the program. I think it's an amazing story. I love that another Big West guy is making it big. It's really good to have you. Thanks so much for doing that, and congrats. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I'm in the business of asking people questions. So let me ask you a question. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Fair question, right? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48 hours of sweat and odor protection. I said 48 hours. That's a big number now. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the move. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps protect your skin as well, and it leaves your skin feeling comfortable and helps protect it. So much to like about this. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel, all day. The reports about the New York Giants offense are not good right now. You might even say, Alvin, they are below not good. Not good. Below not good. Daniel Jones was 6 of 20 with two picks in a practice Sunday. Oh, and he dropped a snap as well. In other words, this dude is in midseason form. He is ready to roll. No need for him to knock off any rust. He's already locked in. Missing guys, throwing picks, unnecessarily putting the ball on the ground. The brand is strong. Now, obviously, this is a make-or-break year for Jones because the team did not pick up his fifth-year option. That tells you all you need to know about where they are with him. They're still in wait-and-see mode. Actually, when it comes to Daniel Jones, it's not wait-and-see it's hold your breath and hope. Hell, they've already waited and saw, all right, for three years now. And what they've seen has been pretty ugly. Aside from that one game against the Bucks, where everybody acted like this was the second coming of YA Tittle, he's been pretty much the same guy the whole time. Not much change, not much improvement. Coming into this season, the Giants wanted Daniel Jones to prove that he's not Daniel Jones. And so far, he's underlying the fact that he is Daniel Jones, more so now than ever before. This is why I thought it was very interesting to hear new head coach Brian Dable say that Terod Taylor would be getting some first-team reps. Naturally, everybody would hear that and think, Uh Uh-oh, Daniel Turnovers is in trouble. His job is in jeopardy. He might lose his job. Not according to the head coach. Not according to Brian Dable. Absolutely not, no. I mean, I learned from a pretty good coach a while ago. Usually he doesn't tell those guys when he throws them in because that's what the backup's job role is, is you have to go in in a split second and not, like, 
you know, you prepare like you're a starter, but you know, fourth play of the game, something happens, you're in, you got to be ready to go. So, you know, I don't necessarily think we'll tell those guys when that'll happen. That's the best. That really is the best. And first, that's the best because you're acting like Terod Taylor might not be ready to go. You know, one of the most professional quarterbacks there is. You know, you got to keep that guy on his toes. Terod might not be ready. I also love that he emphatically answers the question with a quote, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Is exactly what somebody would say if they're starting to think about doing something and especially something dramatic. You know, as an example, are you thinking about having another dessert? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Are you thinking about having another cocktail? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Are you thinking about changing your quarterback? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Yeah, let's be real. I don't think you need to be a true conspiracy theorist to believe that Daniel's job is in jeopardy. That's not a theory. That's not a rumor. That's a fact. Of course, Danny's job is in jeopardy. That's what the entire season is about, his job being in jeopardy. If they had picked up his fifth year or had already signed him to an extension, there wouldn't be any questions about his job status. There wouldn't be any thought that his job was in jeopardy, but they didn't do it. They didn't pick up the option, so of course his job is in jeopardy. It's in jeopardy the entire season. I'm just not sure that anybody thought that he would manage to make it an issue in training camp. I think that most people kind of assumed that he would make it through training camp before he choked it all away. But then again, this is what Daniel Dimes does. This is who he is. And here's the thing. If Danny's job is not in jeopardy, then why isn't it in jeopardy? That's the bigger question. I mean, what? All right, fine, fine. Quote, absolutely not. It's not in jeopardy. Why the hell isn't it in jeopardy? Absolutely not. What? Do you like bad quarterback play? Do you like fumbles? Do you like a guy who splits the other team's numbers over and over again? Do you know about Ronald McDonald? Do you know about Ronald McDonald? Do you, do you know about yep, Daniel? Yep. Do, you, do you know that Dan, Daniel likes to fumble? Absolutely not. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. Listen. What, what, you need numbers? We're talking about a guy who's completed less than 63% of his passes in the league. We're talking about a guy who's 12 and 25 as a starter. We're talking about somebody who's got 49 turnovers in the last three years. He's totally reinvented the quarterback fumble game by fumbling it 36 times in 38 games. This dude is literally a walking fumble. So if you're going to sit here and tell me that his job is not in jeopardy, I'm going to sit here and ask you, why the hell isn't it? Dable might be saying things like, I have full confidence in Daniel. All right, you are the head coach. You would know. I'm here to tell you I don't. I'm also here to tell you you shouldn't. And neither should Jones. If you're the starting quarterback going into a make-or-break year, the last thing you want to hear is that your backup is going to get starting reps. There is no scenario where that's a good thing. And even worse, when the backup is to Rod Taylor. Because I have long maintained that there is not a quarterback in the NFL who gets slept on and disrespected more than to Rod Taylor. This is not a joke I'm trying to set up. I mean this. I like this guy. 
I've always liked Taylor because all this guy does is show up and do his job and make your team better. And before you come at me talking out your ass because you have no idea what you're talking about and you don't have the numbers to back it up, let me give you some numbers. Check the numbers he put up in Buffalo back in the day. 20 TDs, 6 picks. 17 TDs, 6 picks. 14 TDs, six, or 4 picks. In other words, he makes plays. And he does not crush you and beat you with turnovers. In other words, he is the anti-Daniel Jones. He's everything Daniel Jones isn't. He's a guy who can win you games. He's a guy that you can trust. He's a guy who can make it through a game without handing the ball to the other team. He's been in the league since 2011 and has thrown fewer picks than Jones has thrown in the last three years. And don't tell me it's because he hasn't thrown as many passes as Jones because he's thrown more. And also, don't tell me that Jones has been hurt by inconsistency in the Giants' offense. Taylor's done all of that while playing on five different teams with who knows how many different receivers. So if I were Daniel Jones, I'd be worried as hell. The last thing I want to see is a professional quarterback like Taylor getting reps when I'm barely trying to hang on. Taylor might not take Danny's job right now, but don't be stunned if he rips it at some point, sooner than later. Like, some things are pretty much just inevitable. Inevitable. You know, like Daniel Jones putting it on the ground, or Daniel Jones putting it in the other team's hands, or his coach telling you, absolutely not. When asked if Jones' job is in jeopardy, when we all know it absolutely is. Absolutely not. Like, I'm not an NFL head coach, although sometimes I think I could be. I'm not. But I'll play one right here. Yo, turnovers. Grab a clipboard. Enjoy watching Tarod. Like, Tarod, and yes, that is how you pronounce his name, Tarod. Tarod's a good leader. I would imagine... He might even put his arm around turnovers and just get real with him, you know, as a vet, as a leader, as a mentor. And he might say something like, hey, Danny, listen, Mariota did it. Trubisky did it. Hell, I did it. Sit for a year or two and come back a starter with another team. I mean, honestly, I'm watching you in the red zone and I'm having a hard time describing it. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like that feeling you get when a doctor accidentally punctures your lung with a needle right before the coin flip. Watching you in the red zone is kind of like that. And I know, I speak from experience. Absolutely not. His job is not in jeopardy? Absolutely not? If it's not, it should be. Do you know about Ronald McDonald? Do you know about Ronald McDonald? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man, do I ever love this product. The Conair Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1. So let me go ahead and tell you why I love it so much. Number one, it is the most powerful handheld steamer that I've ever seen. I'm talking fast and easy wrinkle removal, and I hate wrinkles. An extra large sole plate that can be used vertical or horizontal, and it also works without steam, is a dry iron. 
How is this possible? Because of advanced heat technology, which is ready almost instantly, and it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. Plus, four different settings for delicate to turbo is perfect for all fabrics. And it kills 99.9% of bacteria, it sanitizes around the house, and it refreshes clothing. Easy to use and great for at home or if you're on the go. To get yours today, go to Amazon, search Conair Turbo Extreme Steam, and look for the steam and iron two-in-one. Great, great product. You know who's been coming in lately? And by lately, I mean back-to-back days. The bra. Silk bra. Silk bra tweets. Uh, uh, uh. So there's no child connection to the naming of your second son. I disagree. Yours, Boston's International Airport. Ah, <laughs> bra. Interesting. I never thought about that. Now, that's not why we did that. Now, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. This is getting inside, too. Uh, I'm checking myself. I'm, I'm actually filtering myself before I say what I was about to say because it would not go well with the wife or the in-laws. Below not good. Let's just say this. We did not name our second son after Boston's International Airport, but he does carry my middle name, Logan James. Needless to say, Jake carries the middle name of his grandfather on the other side, who was a great man. Geoff writes, Romy, I think Chalk looks very tan. Regards people that wear a T-shirt in the swimming pool. Didn't Takeo Spikes come with that once? We had that whole conversation that you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that former pro athlete or really that individual that rocks a t-shirt in the swimming pool. It was Takeo, but Takeo is built like a, a bleep brick house. Takeo is like a block of granite. Takeo was talking about getting soft, not getting pale. Well, you know, I was. always said that when I'm done, I, I really want to let it go for a year. But then seeing some of my guys who, who let it go for a year and then they tried to get it back, they can't get it back, man. I can't be walking around here with a big stomach, you know, and, and summertime, you want to get out there and take the shirt off. You don't want to be the only guy in the pool room with the T-shirt on now. Hell you know no. So, you know, you got you to be ready to flex, man. You know, you got to have some good Twitter pictures and everything, you know. Host of the Nosebleeds yes. with the Sklar Brothers on UFC Fight Pass. The first episode is currently available on YouTube. Randy and Jason Sklar are in studio. Randy, Jason, what's up, fellas? I mean, what's up, bro? When do we ever get to the three of us get to be in the it's same so studio? Good. It's it, so good. I'm flashing back to the Showtime show where we oh had our most God. fun. Guys, you, are, you guys are the ultimate pros. You know this. I made the point, know your room. Just. Be careful, right? This is daytime. This we is we, we know, you know where we are. Right? We know, know where we are. There's just a way to adjust the material. On the fly as stand-up comedians, you know, you feel the room, you read the room, and you say to yourself, "Okay, we got to adjust this right here." Look, daytime CBS Sports, we're we're not going to hurt you. I retract the statement. I should have known. What a waste of time! I should have never said it. Now, if (laughs) we were to go back, Cheap Seats back in the day was a genuinely iconic show. People loved it. People have been asking for you to bring it back, and now effectively, you've done just that with. UFC Fight Pass, the nosebleed drop. Yeah. Billboards all over LA. You're getting a ton of viewers on YouTube. Let me start with you, Randy. How did nosebleeds first come to be, and how good does it feel to have it out there? So, you know, it's like you do a lot of things 
and and you know based on social media what people want to see. And so we did Cheap Seats back 2002 to 2010. It was airing regularly on ESPN Classic and sometimes on ESPN. And since that point, everyone was like, you got to bring the show back. You have to figure out a way to bring Cheap Seats back. We're just waiting for the right opportunity. Then a great executive over at ESPN, Crowley Sullivan. I don't know if you ever met him or know him. Really close with Mark Shapiro. He went over to UFC. UFC, and he was running Fight Pass, which is the largest combat library of sports ever. And he said, I want to figure out a way to do Cheap Seats here. We were like, okay, first things first, let's call it the nosebleeds. It's combat sports. Let's do that. It's fighting. And second of all, let's work with your staff to find the best possible shows. And then, so you're looking at UFC 1. That's the first episode that's up on YouTube, okay? Denver. Jim Brown. Jim Brown is announcing Jim UFC Brown one. is announcing UFC. Wild. So at one moment, we're like, Wild. Jim, Jim what, Brown. What, was O.J. Simpson not available? Well, it was the mid-90s. I don't think that he, well, okay. It was the mid-90s he was booked. <laughs> Had he killed anybody yet? Yeah. We're like, oh, I'm sorry, he was in the, the process, process of, of being, being booked, booked at yeah. that point. But, uh, <laughs> Dude, but, I miss that stuff so much. Jim Brown, and we were like, Jim Brown, you've never fought MMA and you're retired from football what's your opinion about this fight yeah give you know, us your take so that was amazing bill wallace who is a famous kickboxer he was the main announcer but he belches on air burped on camera got everyone's name wrong would just take crit look jim rome he had a stroke on air jim rome awesome. is the is the absolute best at taking the long pregnant pause i can't tell you how many times i've been driving along and i was like what's wrong with my radio nothing it's just you waiting no. pause it's just waiting in that pause sitting in the pocket this guy was not doing it for effect so <laughs> not good the intros were weird brian kilmeade from fox and friends is the ringside announcer there's so much fun in this so we're like all right we can dig into this believe and it or not brian kilmeade by. used to be on 690 a.m when i was on 690 wow so it so, goes way back and then you mentioned Mark Shapiro. I mean, big hat tip to Shap. Like, everything Amazed, literally totally. starts with Shap somehow, right? Like, we're all connected to Mark yep. Shapiro. Guys, before we go any further, for those who don't know what we're talking about, I want to kick to a promo. You guys are not wearing headphones. You might not hear it. But for those in New York, go ahead and pop this promo really quickly so they know what we're talking about. We're coming to you from three floors below the octagon with a show that's going to take a new look at some of the most insane moments UFC history. This is probably going to ramp up slowly over time. And oh, oh my God! Butterbean answering the age-old question, what if a thumb was a person? Are these guys twins? No, they just dress like them. Weird. Lame. Right? right? Come on. Yeah. Enjoy, guys. Somebody called tech support? No. And you can take that to the bank. That is a solid business model. Agreed. No notes. I'll tell you what, dudes, that looks absolutely awesome. You can tell there's a lot of production value, a yes. lot of money behind it. Jason, let me ask you, like, for those who do not remember, and many wouldn't, the first Ultimate Fighting Championship was in 93 in Denver. What was that card or so-called bracket like? So, first of all, no weight classes. So you had a sumo guy fighting a Savate guy. Mm -hmm. And in the first fight, he kicks his teeth out. Literally kicked a tooth out end of fight in like 30 seconds. You got people who just don't understand that Hoist Gracie is going to come in and just mount you and it'll be over in like 30 seconds. No one knew back then that full mount was like a horrible it's position over, to be in. Right. It's over. You had Art Jimerson, a boxer who only brought one glove. One, one glove! That's <laughs> insane. Into Hilarious. Yeah, can I ask what's more embarrassing, losing a fight or showing up to a fight with one glove? I'm like, that's why you don't pack when you're drunk. Exactly. You know what I mean? Know what you've he got. He probably had another glove, but it was like an oven mitt. You're yeah. like, come on, dude. It was, it, And it's such a funny thing because they're trying to figure out. UFC, we know what they've become. They're a juggernaut. They know what they're doing And when we there. pitched it to UFC, we were like, look, listen, guys. Think of an old 
yearbook picture of yourself back like our yearbook picture in 1990 you the hair was bad you know you know who you are today but who you were back then you can poke fun at it and i feel like dana white and the ufc right now is in such a confident place with the product they put out there that they're like we can take some shots at ourselves it actually makes you i was gonna say though fellas can you because you guys have a brand and you guys are gonna pull no punches that's right so when you're cracking jokes about the fight the fighters, the announcers, is everybody good with this? Is the UFC okay with this? I guess we'll find out next time. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, we made a joke about like young Dana White. We're like, yeah, you saw young Dana White in the first episode, episode of, of The Ultimate Fighter. So we do the, it's not just fights. The first episode of The Ultimate Fighter is fair game. So we said that young Dana White is what old Jeff Bezos is trying to look like. Exactly. And you get that sense when you look at him. You're like, okay, I got this. Whoa. And Dana, it's so great. You see how far he's come from the beginning. You see how the league has developed. And for us, there's a healthy love. And as we know from doing roast and roasting with our buddy Jeff Ross and the roast battle on Comedy Central, you can't roast something unless you love it. If, if you roast something and you don't like it, it comes off as hate. You you get it. But yeah. do the guys getting roasted always get it? Like, I know Dana really well. Dana can be the most charming guy in the world and yeah. awesome. But Dana also can be pretty tough to deal with. So, like, have you guys dealt with him directly? Have you talked content with him? So we haven't dealt with him directly. We got a reaction from him. He yeah. likes it. I mean, he thinks it's a really funny show. So, you know, for our for our money here, we, we put our sort of our money on ourselves. And we know that actually we feel very connected to the UFC because, you know, us, we're scrappers, we're grinders. We, we've had to sort of take it brick by brick and build this thing. And we know for this show on UFC Fight Pass, we're going to have to build it brick by brick because they've never done a comedy before. It's a big swing for them. And it's kind of what the UFC itself has done. They had to build acceptance of this sport brick by brick. So I think we can relate to those guys in that way and you know it's comedy it's a it's a it's a link to our old show cheap seats that you're doing in a new way which all of our fans from that are like thank god it's back I think it's awesome, actually, that it's back. So let me ask you this. What other events are you taking on during this run of the Nosebleeds, and how do the clones find the program? All right, well, so how do they find it? The first one is UFC 1. That's the first episode of the show, and it's on UFC's YouTube page. Easy to find. Just go to YouTube. Go to our Instagram, and there's a link in our profile, but it's easy to find. Nosebleeds, Sklar Brothers, UFC, you'll find it on YouTube. The rest of them are on Fight Pass. You sign up, and you and you are subscribe part of, to, subscribe Fight to Fight, Fight I Pass. I have that. It's good. It's great. And you'll be able to see the other five. And the other five, again, we do the first episode of Tough, the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter, which is hilarious. Some dude pees on someone else's bed. I mean, Chris do we? <laughs> Chris Lee. Chris Lee. And he says he just spritz. He spritz. We're like, R. Kelly, isn't, R. Kelly isn't buying that defense <laughs> yes. right Correct. Okay? So so that's on. That's in the, uh, the third episode. The second episode we did, Fry Takayama, which is one of the best slugfests. It's a hockey fight. It looks like a fight that should be taking, out, taking place outside of a Chuck E. Cheese. It's insane. So we did that fight. We did, there's an Alaskan fight during COVID that happened in like a church backyard, AFC 159, which is just insane. Again, you, this is a professional outfit here, but you go there and I'm like, who set up these microphones? Ray Ray's coffee? It's what? like, why are the speakers in the trees facing the other direction? It's fantastic. If so, I said to you guys, like looking at those things back then, if I had said to you that it would one day become one of the biggest things in the world and one of the biggest sports in the world, what would you have said? How are they going to do how? this? How, how and they have so much they have to sort of overcome. They have to sort of make the fighting. And I think what they've done, and if you want to compare it to boxing, and I know you know the boxing game too, I think what UFC does that is better than anybody else is they make the fights people want to see week in and week out, 100%. month in and month out. So you say, okay, Pac- Pacquiao Mayweather happened five years after it should have happened. 
Like once that isn't that how you guys first got into MMA and yes. UFC, waiting on that fight, waiting right. on that fight that never happened. All right, it's not going to happen. What do I do in the meantime? So they pick up an opportunity. They say, okay, we're going to make the fights. We're going to make the fighters stars, and we're going to make the fights that you want to see. So you see Pena Nunes. Eight months after the first one happened, you don't have to wait three years for that to happen. And it's exciting to me. You know, you start to follow these guys, like a, a guy like Patty Pimlet as he makes his Dude, rise up love there. Him. I love. What's him your reaction team. to him so far? Amazing. Dude, he's risen more than his weight has risen in the last little bit. <laughs> he's interview. walking around like a 200, 200 I think, right now. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's tipping like, in two spins. Fat and happy. Why do we need abs? We all would. I love it. I love he's speaking truth. And, and that's what's fun. And he's fun. He's great for the sport. People love him. I kind of love that he's from England. Like, he kind of is bringing UFC from Israel Europe. Israel Adesanya is a different dude. Oh, dude like, he's sure. a different dude. And that's it. what... Lots of it. Yes. Lots of it. Has and it. he... And you know what? So, when he's... He almost has, like, a weird bravado. So much confidence in himself that he doesn't have to show it. And you say to yourself, man, I want to see this guy continue and become the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the game. This is totally off... Uh off course, but I just thought of something about getting fat and walking around. I spent the last few weeks in the Northwoods of yeah, Wisconsin. Sure. I hit the UP. How close were you guys to the UP? So in uh, Michigan, we are down below it, but all of our friends like we used to travel up there. We went to camp up in Eagle River back when we were kids in, in Conover, Ooh, Wisconsin. So yes. we were right I around did that not area. know this. How we did I not it. know this? I know. This? We went to camp How did I not there? know? Okay. I mean, so what a help great me area. explain Eagle River to the clones that do not understand it because a lot of the kids went to camp there. It's like... Uh, uh, lots of water skiing up there, lots of lakes up there. It's a lot of locals. There's a moment where you're like, what are they doing up in northern Wisconsin? Are they making like like saltwater taffy out of children's babies' hair? I yes, don't know. But probably. It's probably. Maybe. But it is like, it's very quiet. It's very cool. It's chill, great nature. And we love, I mean, we loved it. That was major, major uh, part, part of our yeah, growing yeah, are, you, are you saying that for my effect or do you really mean that? No, no many, I love it. It's it. good, right? Love it. Love yeah, it. absolutely. It's, it's a great untapped uh, place. And so for all those people who want to go up there, just don't go. Yeah. You, you won't yeah, like it. You they, probably won't like it. You they, won't like it. But. 99% are happy that I'm there and posting and 1% keep getting in my face saying, dude, Stop doing it. The last thing we need is all California to, to come to the north. I'm yeah. like, nobody's coming, man. Nobody is coming. It's Everybody here way. wants to know why I go there. Nobody's coming. It's a long way. It's a, it's long a commitment. Way to go. You it's have to commit to it's that. It's a commitment, but it's a choice. And that's, again, what we love about you is you always make the specific choice. And so there you go. The Brothers Sklar joining me in studio. Guys, always forward, never back, but I've got to look back. Let's talk for a moment about some of the best times. Sklar for life. Oh, we had so many great days with you guys. So there are a lot fun. of sports going on right now, obviously, mm -hmm. that are topical in nature. What, have you guys, can you think of anything more absurd than Fernando Tatis Jr. and Sr.? I know that hits close to home. You yes. guys being Cardinal fans. Yes. Come on. But two grand slams in one inning. Okay, exactly. And then two of the worst takes ever <laughs> in, in talking about what happened to Jr. Yes. What is your reaction to the family's reaction to him popping positive and why it happened? I mean, all he had to do was come out and say, look, I love my son. He's a star. I wish he wouldn't have done this. He's going to grow up. And that's it. That, that's all he had to say instead of, he was getting a haircut. He got a fungus. You know how when you go get your hair... I got my haircut yesterday. I wasn't like, hey, I better watch out if there's a fungus there. If it, you told me the juice in the comb, the blue comb juice, that's a fungus, then okay. Maybe I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm maybe getting on board for a the second. Hair the hair insecticide. The hair That stuff's sick. That it's is sick. That, will, that can destroy But I think anything. that could kill a fungus. So I don't know what he's talking about. Dude, relax. Just say, let's move forward. Let's not talk about this anymore. Instead, he's making up crazy how about, excuses. How about Pedro yesterday saying the Padres have to 
stay on him like he's a, and I love Pedro by the I way. Do too. Met we him, all do. Love What's him. Not to love about Pedro? He's so smart. So whenever he says something, I'm always like, listen okay. to what he's saying because he knows. One time I was doing a thing with uh, I was at TBS. I was hanging out with Pedro Sheffield and uh, Jimmy Rollins, and Jimmy Rollins is talking about Mike Schmidt teaching him how to pitch, and he said, "You got a laptop computer? How to hit? How to, how to hit?" Open up your laptop. See that square right there? That's your box. Don't swing at anything outside that box. And then Pedro was like, okay, see that box right there? Go one inch below it, and that's where I wanted to throw the ball just so that you'd think you were hitting in the box, and then you'd top it, and that's it. That's how smart he is. So when he said everybody should be watching Fernando Tatis Jr. 24-7 as to what he's putting in his body, he's not a toddler. This dude's 23 years old. You have to at some point say you got to take care of yourself. I'm going to forgive Pedro of that take because he is Pedro. He's, and he's the got best. so much goodwill in the bank. I love amazing. him. By the way, I love Chef. Don't sleep on Chef. Chef's great. Chef, Chef is awesome. He is amazing, and he was great to kind of watch a playoff game with as we were right. shooting this thing. He's amazing because the things that these guys see are not the things you and I see. They're watching just the time. Wait, you mean their takes are better than ours? Yes, yeah, slightly better. Bit. Because slightly they're Hall of Famers and played the game? That's yeah. They're better take. than us? Absolutely. Guys, all right, guys, what do you make of Jerry Jones reportedly throwing down 28 mil on a house in in Texas. Should we know that he threw $28 million down? No. The only reason you know is because, because he's announcing it. He's right. letting he's, you know. He's letting you know that he did that just so he can best Shaq. How about spend $18 mil and then take the other 8 or $10 mil and, and put spend it on a couple of wide receivers? Get a hands guy. Michael Gallup is injured and you are you got a lot of injured wide receivers. So you're basically saying to Cowboys Nation, you're saying to America's team, I, care, nine more. And eight, I care more about showing up Shaq than I do about my team. You know, and he'll spend more time trying to figure out how to stick it to Jerry Jones and not put him in the ring of fame. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. I yeah, was yeah. going to ask you yeah. this quote, guys. Yeah. Quote, I said I'm going to put him in. Now, when I put him in and the circumstances around when I'm going to do that, there's a lot more than Jimmy to think about. It isn't at the end of the day tailored around whether Jimmy is sniveling or not. I mean, sniveling. how incredible is that line? Amazing. Sniveling Jimmy? I'm like, what are you watching? Better Call Saul? That's trip slipping Jimmy. <laughs> Dude, how is that speech going to go when it's time to give it to him? When it actually, when it's time, who's going to be responsible for handing that off to him? Who's going to be the guy presenting it to him? I mean, it's he only gave you Jones. two Super Bowls, and like the was was the basically two Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, he only gave you two Super Bowls, and pretty much the last time the Cowboys were really relevant. So why would you want to honor him? It's like this is again, what did he ever do for them? Exactly. What did he ever do for he them? Snivel. And Never. the fans don't feel the way you do, Jerry, because you have your own ego about this. But the fans love Jimmy Johnson. They love him. Jimmy Johnson still has a voice, a mouthpiece in the in the industry. He's still out there every day. Wouldn't you want that guy to give you goodwill yeah, on exactly. a weekly basis? Yeah, wouldn't you want to fix that before it was too late? Because exactly. soon it's going to be too late. Yeah. Fellas, do I dare ask you your thoughts about the Deshaun Watson situation, or is that going to get all of us into trouble? No, we'll it might get us into a little bit of trouble. But, I mean, listen, you know, one massage therapist saying this happened. Okay, I'm, I'm like, look into it. Two, I'm starting to get really suspicious. 30, you got 30 people. At that point, just teach an escort how to give you a massage. That's, That's it. it. So I That's do. what you have to do. You, it, End of story. I mean, I was surprised when he went to the Browns. We were both surprised. Yeah, I thought he was going to end up on the Predators. I know he doesn't different, play hockey, different but that's a different, a different thing, Jim. Uh, okay, let me see what time it's. Eleven sixteen, <laughs> middle of the morning. I have I'm to flashing back to our great, great late night moments where I get. I made the point before you guys came on that I could say and do whatever I want to it's do amazing. on that show. I I've never it. seen anybody go from this spot to this spot as quickly as you guys did. Even I had these awkward moments sometimes on that show with with you guys, not because of what I said or what I guessed, and I mean that in the best way possible. Sure, yeah, yeah that was yeah. you, you, you do to us learn that room that. fast. It was great, fast. and the audience loved it too. Uh, 
I mean, I have to say, I do have a, a slight, and I love Eckersley. I have a slight bone to pick with him. Please. Rodolfo Castro of the, <laughs> slides into, of the Pirates slides into third and his cell phone pops out. To me, that is not a hodgepodge of nothingness. That's a guy bringing his cell phone. That's is, greatness. Is he, li- oh, is that's he incredible. live tweeting his rounding second base? I mean, it's just bizarre to is me. Is his wife like texting him, hey, when you round third and you head home, can you stop off at Trader Joe's and get just me a pick little? Just pickups. I mean, come on. I mean, it's great, right? Right. Uh, this mean, first time you've heard of a cell phone popping out while you're sliding uh, I, I want to see that guy scrolling between bases. I want exactly, to see this guy sliding into DMs as he's sliding into third base. <laughs> yes, oh, you yes. like that one, huh? Amen. That's a great one. Always good to get your respect. Listen, guys, on a totally different note, and there's no easy way to do this, the Brody Stevens Festival yes. Friendship. Yes. 818 Walk is taking place Saturday in Reseda. You guys were very close with him. He was the warm-up comedian yeah. on the Showtime Amazing. show. One-of-a-kind person. Just the we best. We lost him in 2019. Nobody ever repped the 818 harder. I spent most of my life growing up in the 818. Yep. When you think of him, what comes to mind? I mean, love of sports, one of the best joke writers out there, self-deprecating like nobody's business. So funny. Such a good guy. I mean, that was a guy who was connected to Arizona State baseball. He played in college. Played with Vina, Fernando Vina. Uh, I mean, he, I mean, he was a guy that. who, when we saw him at a comedy club, we'd say, Brody, how you doing? And he'd be like, 90 miles an hour with movement. That's all we needed to know. That was like, I was in a cage the other day, 90 with movement. We're like, you're doing well. And so we miss him. We love him for anyone dealing with mental health issues. This is a chance for us to reach out. We want to reach out to people before it's too late, like it was with Brody. Just so. don't want to lose anyone like that again. He just, he burned bright while he was here. He was someone that we all loved. And so sort of let's use his legacy to help other people out. And that's why we're participating. There's a show uh, tomorrow night at the Comedy Store that we'll be a part of that's helping to raise money with Comedy Gives Back. So we're all a part of that. Love that dude and love that he was connected with you too. And I love that he was too. And if you're in the local area, definitely check out the Comedy Store. Is it possible finally to think of Brody without thinking or hearing his voice yes. and wanting to do his voice? Oh, you, you just go into You got it. Yes. Yes. Enjoy Steven. it. He was the one-on-one to Barham. Yeah. Like, he knew everything about the Barham. I'm like, I kind of want Brody's voice, and this is, and I know he would love this, to be like our, you know, Google Maps voice. You know, you got it. Make a left right there. Enjoy it. Positive, Positive energy. Arms folded. Negative. Don't like it. Can you guys, and I, it's hard for me to say now because I've left the Valley in the mid-2000s and I've not spent a lot of time there, but I grew up in the Valley. In and funny, the neighborhood that I grew up in is Hidden Hills. That's yeah. a neighborhood where all the new rich live now. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay is there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reality stars are there. Yeah. It's kind of a ranch community back in the day. I played Little League Baseball in Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Sure. Do you guys have much background with the 818? How would you describe the 818 to the rest of the nation watching and listening right now? So 818 is, I live in the Hollywood Hills right now, and I we have a choice. We can go down into Hollywood or go into Studio City, and I always choose Studio City. I love that. Do you really? Yeah, because it feels more like the rest of the country. It feels a little less like Holly weird. It's more like a place where regular people go. My kid is in all like the little AAU basketball, like in the Valley in Burbank. We played Toluca Lake baseball. I know all the parents out there, they take their sports seriously. Okay, you guys tell me, because I haven't been there in a while. This is a little bit different than Hardcore Valley. Like, Studio City is 
like the Beverly Hills of, of the, the valley. valley. And yes. Toluca Lake is a very, <laughs> very, very nice. cool part of the valley. I grew up on the mean streets of Toluca Lake. This is is not I'm a saying. phrase anyone can say anymore. I beat some kids up in Burbank. No, uh, it's, I'm telling you. That's it's, not Van Nuys. No, that's not, that's not Reseda. That's not that, Reseda. Once you push further out San Fernando. Yeah. San Fernando. We know what kind of business takes place out there. Yeah, sure. The, the valley's scrappy. I love it. It's hotter out there. People are just trying to you survive. Understand? We grew up like lower middle class in St. Louis, in the suburbs of St. Louis. So we relate to that life more than anything else. You drive around there, you're like, oh, this is the size of house we grew up in. The You know, you kind of get around, you're like, ah, hey, there's a baseball field. We spent every Saturday was at a baseball field with our parents. God bless them. They would, I, I can't even imagine this as, you know, as parents of kids now, they'd take us to the ballpark at seven and if you in the morning. And if you won, you'd play again at three. But if you lost, you played at Nine. 10, you played at noon, you played at two, and you try to get back to the championship game. And sometimes we'd be there all day. And you had no idea the kind of commitment the parents made to that, right? Nine. You're just playing ball. Now that we are parents and we have kids and we're okay. in that, now we know, right? I mean, that should not, be... Not the, that they did what yours might have. Not that mine did for me sure. what I've done for ours. Sure. But we no, did. but I mean, that should be the first thing out of any athlete's mouth. Don't give the glory to God. Give the glory to your parents who gave up all that stuff to get you to where you are. And then you can say, God, give a little God bless. To God. Give, give a little give bit. Give about 9%, 9% to, God. to God. Give 91% to your parents. You do to the best. All right. So if the clones right now, I'm sure they've already found it. But if not, and they want to see the new program, the Nosebleeds with the Sklar Brothers on UFC Fight Pass, laid out one more time for the uninitiated where do they find this incredible content so clones this is it man this is where your your clones show out okay go to youtube go to ufc's youtube page search sklar brothers nosebleeds you'll find it watch that first episode you'll get hooked if you're on fight pass then you can go watch the the other five if not sign up for fight so pass. there's two more that are on fight pass now and then this saturday when the big event uh, happens in salt lake city they're going to drop three more so they'll all be up by this saturday but you know it's if you love cheap seats and a lot of people say this is our show you will love this show because i think first of all every show is under 20 minutes it's tight. The joke. There's so many jokes in every show. You got to watch it a couple times to see it, but you'll love it. Do you know? I'll tell you what I love about you guys. And we all kind of came up together. I love that when you had that chip on your shoulder and you wanted that so badly early mm-hmm. on. Yep. You have that same fire right now. Totally. You still want it as badly. You want to create content as badly. You want the content to be better now than it was then. What's the approach? What's so, the mindset? I mean, th- I besides think besides, I need to eat and put kids or clothes on my kids' oh, back. Sure, but I think of it like whenever we get the opportunity to guest host this show, we never walk into that going, "All right, we'll just figure it out when we get there." No, never, never. You, you st- the, the week of, we say to ourselves, "Okay, let's let's start compiling stories. We start sending stories around. We start getting our takes ready and getting into it because." We want to do a good job. We respect where the, the, the seats seat. we're respect sitting in. Seat. Respect the seat you're sitting in. You want to do a good job. We want to do a good job for you. We want to do a good job for the clones and for ourselves. Because the way you push yourself beyond, you're always growing. It's interesting, you know, not to get into the whole live golf thing, but Tiger Woods made a very, very interesting statement about, like, guys getting paid before they win tournaments. It's like, what's the motivation? Incentive. Where's the incentive? Where's the, in- where's the incentive to go out when it's, like, dark and you can't see and you're taking swings like that because you want to win? So there's always been incentive for us. And like we said, we're scrappers. And when we get an opportunity like this, like the Nosebleeds, we just want everyone to know about it because we're proud of it. We're proud of the work we put into it. And we're like, if anybody sees it, they're going to love it. No doubt. And you guys should be proud of it. I love the product. I love you guys. I love the respect you have for the jungle. 
Huge and respect. the jungle loves you guys, Love and we it. go way back. So it is so good to get caught up. It is so great to see you guys just absolutely killing it. Appreciate you guys both. Love you very much. Great you to have you. Keep Thanks, doing man. what you do, man. Yes. We love it. The brothers Sklar, Randy and Jason, and how much better is the show for that? We never blow the format open like that, but for those guys, we do it. They are actors. They are comedians. They are very good friends of the program, and you want to make sure you check that out. The Nosebleeds with the Sklar brothers on UFC Fight Pass. The first step is currently available on YouTube. Make sure you check it out. It's this time every single season, middle of summer, the dog days of Major League Baseball. Not exactly the most riveting or titillating time of the season. Except we had a randomly, extremely spicy Tuesday in baseball. And it's not something I would ever expect. And even more importantly, it's not even about anything that even went down on the field. I'm talking about dudes running straight smack. And for baseball, August smack. Devastating August smack. Frankly, I can't even believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but borderline smack-off worthy smack from a random August Tuesday in Major League Baseball. And I'm not exactly sure who got it worse, the Pirates or the Ump Show. Let me explain. First, we head to Pittsburgh, where the Red Sox were in town, which means NESN broadcaster and Hall of Famer and expert smack runner. Dennis Eckersley was in town. And let me say this about Eck. I'm Team Eck. I'm pro Eck. A lot of people don't like Eck. Eck was running smack long before it was cool to run smack. Well, actually, I was running smack long before it was cool to run smack. But Eck was out in front of it. And believe me, Eck was in town. And that was the last place that Eck wanted to be in that town. Eck wanted to be anywhere, anywhere but where he was because he pulled off one of the better and more random and brutal drive-bys that you're ever going to see. Last night during the broadcast, he dropped a scud on the entire Pirates organization. Check out this carnage. You talk about a no-name lineup. There's no team like this. Love to see some of the service time you add it all up. It's not much. You know, just came from Kansas City seeing all those young kids. That's this is different though. Doesn't it seem different? Did they have a lot of prospects they're playing over there? And, this and serious prospects. Yes. The guys who are gonna be in the big leagues. This is a hodgepodge of nothingness. They have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Last year they were actually 30th. It's ridiculous. It really is. Pathetic. Former Sox GM Ben Charrington is the Pirates general manager and he has gone about rebuilding their farm system. Yeah tell me they have a great farm system. Tell me they do. That's what they're doing I assume. Trying. Sick them Eck. I mean forget a golden ticket. I want to know if this dude's odds are on Stucknut for winning the entire smack off. He gets to skip the golden ticket process. He's already in the field. I mean, he could probably do an entire call on just the Pirates and hit the board alone on that. I mean, the phrase hodgepodge of nothingness. Hodgepodge of nothingness. It's pretty much straight up ionic already. Ionic. And it's pretty hard to argue with this guy. Remember when the Reds started 3-22? and And there was, I mean, that was the worst start in Major League Baseball since 1988. When they started 3-22, and there was already all this talk about this could go down as the worst baseball team ever. The worst baseball team ever. 
when they start at 3-22. Yeah, well, the Pirates have a worse record than the Reds right now. So again, not good. Below not good. Or Below as Eck good. would say, pathetic. Pathetic. Ridiculous. ridiculous. A no-name lineup. A hodgepodge of nothingness. Hodgepodge of nothingness. But the Pirates were not the only ones who took a scud yesterday because Guardians catcher Austin Hedges absolutely unloaded on the umps after an overturn call at the plate cost Cleveland a rough loss to the Tigers. I think New York owes Zach Plesak specifically an apology because they took the game out of his hands. The guy was throwing the ball amazing. And overturning that call right there, it cost the game. I don't need to get into the rest of the debacle with the umpires today because it was a really, really poor executed job by them. It's too bad when when we play a sport where we get held accountable, where we say something, we get held accountable, we get mocked, we get shamed. There's no accountability on their part right now. And that's really, really sad. I don't know why, but there needs to be a little bit of, you know, we talk about equality in this world right now. There ain't no equality with that. These guys are going out there with no responsibilities. They say, okay, here's a play where I can show my power. Here's a play where I can, I can take over the game. And that's not the game that we play. That's not the game that we played for forever. And they're trying to take over the game and they're trying to change the game. And it's disappointing. And for a team that goes out there and fights every single night to win every game, for it to cost us a game when we're trying to win a division, we're trying to make the playoffs, we're trying to do something special, and for it to be taken out of our hands like that is a disgrace, and it's extremely disappointing. I'm disappointed, and that's all I have to say. Thank you. That's all? Oh, hell yes. Alvin, is it too much to ask? Can you hit this guy with a straight fire? Thank you. Man, no, thank you, Hedge. I thought that Eck was strong. You should go ahead and line these two dudes up right now, Chalk. Line them up back-to-back, smack off 29 next summer. I'm sure they could do a hell of a lot better than the hour one callers we had this past year. And whether or not that call-in question really did cost Cleveland the game yesterday, I don't even think that's the point. The ump show is more cringe than it's ever been before. The Ump Show is a show that absolutely nobody wants any part of. Not the players, not the coaches, not the fans, not the people broadcasting the games, nobody. And most of all, clearly not Austin Hedges. He's not here for that bleep. Because nobody's here for that bleep. What I'm saying is this. The Ump Show pretty much had it coming, and Hedges served it to them extra spicy. Oh, and that random bleep in the clip was not a random bleep. Listen for it. It was a teammate encouraging him and yelling, quote, F yeah, Hedge, in the background. There's no accountability on their part right now. And that's really, really sad. I don't know why. Which is a take that I will second right now. F yeah, Hedge. There's no accountability on their part right now. And that's now, really- I'm going to imagine that that's going to be some pretty expensive smack. And I'm also going to imagine worth every last penny of it. So there you have it. An impromptu August MLB smack-off. And I'm still not even sure who spit harder or who got it worse. All I know, (laughs) all I know is this is the kind of bleep that I love to see coming from Major League Baseball in August. A quote, hodgepodge of nothingness. Hodgepodge of nothingness. You know what? Full disclosure. 
the hodgepodge of nothingness was actually the working title of the hack off before we called it the hack off. Hodgepodge of the nothingness. The hodgepodge of nothingness. It just didn't roll off the tongue quite as easily as hack off. Like I would look at my call screen and I see a hodgepodge of nothingness. In fact, I see it every damn day. Every single day when I look at my call screen, what do I see? A hodgepodge of nothingness. I wish we had more Austin Hedges and less, no names mentioned, Margo in Buffaloes. Eck, talking about the Pirates, is like me looking at a bunch of tweets from no names mentioned, Wells, Twelvewood, Geoff. You talk about pretty much 99% of you. It's ridiculous. Carl and Prescott. Pathetic. Eric in Orlando. It's ridiculous. Ray and SA. Pathetic. Wooden Laconic. Hodgepodge of nothingness. Total biggie. Pathetic. It's ridiculous. Pathetic. Your takes. Hodgepodge it's a hodgepodge of nothingness. of nothingness. You talk about a no name. I mean, you want to talk about a bunch of no name people hitting me up on Twitter. You talk about a no name lineup. You talk about a no name audience. Just kidding, y'all. Not really. Hodgepodge of nothingness. That's good stuff right there. Stay strong, Eck. Don't change. I know you won't. That's a good thing. Hey, Pittsburgh, how's that grab you? Is there anybody anywhere that wanted to be where they were less than Eck wanted to be in the Berg? Man, he was just straight disgusted. Look at these guys, man. This is pathetic. I don't care how much they pay me. It's not enough to sit through this game. Pathetic. I love Eck. We're talking about a guy who was a 20-game winner, was converted to a closer, was absolutely untouchable and unhittable, Gives up one of the biggest home runs in the history of baseball and just shakes it off. I love Eck. Good night now!